0: This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest, I'm World Lutheran News Digest toast Kip Allen. The Bible warns us many times that followers of Jesus will be persecuted. This is true even here in the United States, a country dedicated to religious tolerance. Laws and regulations are enacted in many states forbidding Christians from practicing their faith in the workplace. Those who try may find themselves in court facing civil or even criminal punishment, ranging from fines to loss of a lifetime business to even prison. One state where Christians face this kind of persecution is Colorado, That state's Civil Rights Commission came down hard on a cake artist who declined to create a special cake celebrating same-sex marriage, although he said he'd sell the gay couple any cake already in his shop. Now, this happened back in 2012, and is still tied up in the courts. More recently, a Christian graphic designer decided to open a business where she'd create a specialty website for people celebrating their marriage. But, as a Christian, she would only accept traditional marriage couples. Fearing legal persecution, she contacted the Alliance Defending Freedom before opening for business. And that fight's just beginning. I speak with ADF attorney Jeremy Tedesco about the situation in today's World Lutheran News Digest.
1: And now, today's Fast track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. The DC City Council voted to allow physician-assisted suicide, but the debate isn't over. The Washington Post reports that the council must still hold a final vote on the bill, possibly as early as November 15th, and that the mayor, Muriel Bowser, must decide if she'll sign or veto the bill. Dr. Eric Walsh was ordered to hand over sermons to the state of Georgia in compliance with their demands, he announced at a press conference alongside First Liberty Institute. As part of an ongoing lawsuit Walsh filed against the state earlier this year, the Georgia state government issued a request for production of documents in September. Fulfilling the request would force Walsh to produce all of his previous sermons, sermon notes, and transcripts for government review and investigation. Walsh was hired as a public health director in 2014 by the state of Georgia. But when state officials found out that Walsh was also a lay minister and preached sermons on the weekends, they obtained copies of some of his sermons, divided them among state officials, reviewed the sermons, and then fired Walsh, informing him of the termination via voicemail. The Obama administration has resettled 13,210 Syrian refugees into the United States since the beginning of 2016, an increase of 675% over the same 10-month period in 2015. Of those, 99.1% are Muslim and one-half of a percent are Christian.
0: World Liter News Digest will be back right after these messages.
1: Hi. I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO radio. Facebook is one of the biggest social media instruments for checking out what is going on with Worldwide KFUO. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash KFUO radio, you'll see us posting pictures, online videos, show information, as well as reviews and previews of events at KFUO. Worldwide KFUO, we are where you are, on Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio. The worldwide leader of confessional Lutheranism, Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.
0: Hi, I'm Mark Hawkinson, host of Jubilation on Worldwide KFUO. Coming up this Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m., I'm going to be sharing not only great Christ-centered hymns and songs, I'm going to be also providing various scriptures for you all about the subject of a real hope. See, when yours is centered in Jesus totally, then you have a hope with no minus sign attached to it. So join me Sunday for great music and a hope with no minus sign. That's Jubilation from 1 to 4 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is Mr. Jeremy Tedesco with the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Mr. Tedesco, can you tell me a bit about yourself
2: and about ADF? Sure. I'm senior counsel at ADF. I run our Center for Conscience Initiatives. Uh, ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, is the world's largest legal alliance protecting religious freedom, life, and, and marriage in and the family, both domestically and internationally.
0: And specifically, there's been some cases coming up recently in the state of Colorado that have really put religious freedom on the line. Uh, for example, there's been one cake maker who has uh, gone into legal problems because he refused to make a cake for a a gay wedding. And now there's a graphic designer who wants to open a business that uh, would cater specifically to people celebrating their marriage. But the owner and uh, artist is an evangelical Christian and believes firmly in the marriage is between a man and a woman. What is the Colorado law in here that is running into problems? And is it a law or is it a regulation by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission?
2: What's going on with that? Sure. It's a state law that says in public accommodations there can't be any discrimin- discrimination on the basis of several. Uh, protected characteristics, one of them is sexual orientation. But what we see, Colorado and, and many other states and, and, and counties and cities as well, who have these laws on the books, is they're actually using these laws to force people to ex- engage in expression they disagree with about marriage uh, and otherwise violate their First Amendment rights. And, and that's what these cases are about, is that there's these public accommodations laws don't trump the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects speech expression and, and free exercise of religion, and when the government starts taking these laws and using them as tools to con- to, to require uniformity of thought and, and and belief and opinion, key societal, political, moral issues like what is marriage, like what kind of marriages should be celebrated and which ones shouldn't, the government's gone too far, and so Colorado has been punishing and prosecuting Jack Phillips, the cake artist you talked about, for several years now it is now pending before the United States Supreme Court, and then we. Just just filed the Lori Smith case, 303 Creative, challenged this law as well.
0: Now, there, there is a
2: legal maneuver that
0: you're doing with the 303 case. I think it's called, uh, what is it, a preemptive? It's preemptive
2: in nature. It's called a pre-enforcement challenge. Okay. Right. And how does that work? Sure. It's been around for m- many, many, many years. I mean, decades. Uh, it's been used by civil rights organizations like ADF to protect our First Amendment rights. And, and the whole idea behind a pre-enforcement challenge is you don't have to wait for a law to be enforced against you before going to court and trying to get it. Uh, in order prohibiting the government from being able to enforce it against you. The whole idea is that if you know that there's a credible threat that exercising your First Amendments would be in violation of some law, you don't have to subject yourselves to the penalties, which sometimes are fine, you know, uh, restrictive orders, re education, training, sometimes even jail time is possible. You don't have to subject yourself to those kinds of penalties. Instead, you can go to court and say, I want to do this. The government Government is telling me I can't because of this law, and I need an order from the court saying that I can exercise my rights in the way that I want to.
0: Now, I understand uh, you're actually filing this in federal court rather than state, because this is a an issue where the state is violating, in our belief, the uh, U.S. Constitution. Is that right? That's right. Our case
2: on behalf of Lori Smith and 303 Creatives in federal district court in Colorado, Jack's case, Jack Phillips, the cake artist in Colorado, his case started in state court because he was actually sued by two individuals who wanted him to create a cake celebrating their same sex marriage. And so when he declined to do that, they took him to court. And see, that's the whole reason why Lori Smith is in court trying to protect her rights. She knows that if she enters the wedding industry and starts creating websites celebrating the union of one man and one woman. She's going to be forced to promote marriages between persons of the same sex, and she doesn't want to do that. She knows it would violate the law, at least as far as Colorado interprets their law, to, to make that kind of a decision and Colorado's law goes so far as to ban her from even saying on her website that she believes that marriage is between a man and a woman, and that for that reason she only creates websites promoting those kinds of marriages and declines all other kinds of marriage-related websites, including websites for same-sex marriages, because the law says you can't even communicate something that makes someone feel unwelcome at your business. And clearly the law is broad enough to include public statements about your religious
0: beliefs on marriage. If I were run, running a store and have a store sign saying, I'm a Christian baker,
2: I'm a Christian writer, I would be in trouble. Absolutely. If you said, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a cake artist and I believe in marriage between a man and a woman and I only create cakes celebrating unions between a man and a woman, that would violate the law. The law says you can't directly or indirectly communicate anything that would make someone feel unwelcome or unsolicited at your business. And so it's a direct attack on free speech on your website, in your public communications. But it's also a direct attack on free speech because the law requires you to engage in expression that you otherwise wouldn't want to engage in. So there's... There's a restriction on what you can say publicly on your website. There's a requirement that you create expression that violates your beliefs, and so that goes right back to like Lori Smith. When she designs a website, she's she's writing customized content, text, and words. She's creating images, videos, compiling those all into a unique, one-of-a-kind website to promote your marriage. And that's her expression. That's her speech. And so the government can't come in in that circumstance and say, we're going to force you to create expression that violates your beliefs. So it would be no different than having a gay a person who owns a website design company being forced to design a website for the Westboro Baptist Church. None of us would tolerate that. Leftist groups would be stumbling over themselves to represent the gay website designer if the Westboro Baptist Church got declined and filed a lawsuit against them. And so, you know, what we're dealing here is a double standard on First Amendment rights. A double standard on 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 who can exercise those rights and who. I
0: also understand that the Civil
2: Rights Commission. The Colorado Civil Rights Commission is actually
0: selectively enforcing the state anti-discrimination law. There was actually three separate uh, cases, I believe, of cake artists who were ruled not guilty of discrimination when they declined to make a cake for a Christian customer who specifically wanted to celebrate religious opposition to same-sex marriage.
2: That's right. So. The commission is prosecuting Jack Phillips because he doesn't want to express messages that are contrary to his religious beliefs about marriage. Yet these other cake artists who believe in same-sex marriage are not required under state law to create celebrating a message that opposes same-sex marriage. Well, that's, that's selective enforcement. That's viewpoint discrimination. That's saying people who agree with the government don't have to be compelled to express messages they disagree with. But people who disagree with the government have to promote the government-approved message. Look, there's there's really nothing more fundamentally disturbing, unlawful, that you can think of when it comes to g- the use of government power or the, 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 the misuse of government power. When you start giving the government the ability to determine what's orthodox on these kinds of crucial issues in our culture, and then punishing people who disagree. Um, the government shouldn't have that power if they have that power in relationship to the same-sex marriage issue there's really no way to cabinet on that issue and say that's where it stops this isn't a power that the government has ever had in, in the United States and it's not a power they should have because it's going to come back and bite everybody today it's Jack Phillips and Lori Smith's uh, Lori Smith in the, in the targets of the government in, in the government's target and you know the, the tomorrow it could be somebody else on a completely different issue
0: well let me uh, just stretch it a little bit here I'm, I'm stretching my imagination. imagination. Imagination as to what this, where this could lead. You, for example, are an attorney. Could it actually affect your profession, where you might not have the ability any longer to say, "I don't want to represent a particular client"?
2: Well, look, that reality is already upon us. The American Bar Association issued rules guidance for uh, all, all all state bars and the state bars, of course, what issue the rules that govern their profession the aba is very influential in the profession they issued rules that added sexual orientation and gender identity to their non discrimination rules, and the way those rules are stated, it means that you know an organization like ADF may not be able to say no we won 't take a case promoting a constitutional right to for instance same-sex marriage because it violates our beliefs as a ministry and what we're in the legal marketplace to promote and so you know we we see this already we see it encroaching in all these different professions and i think the thing is there's this incredibly powerful cultural narrative about same-sex marriage that right now is being used to justify the restriction of people's first amendment rights who oppose that narrative the problem is that can be flipped. You don't stay in cultural and political power. Your viewpoints don't stay in cultural and political power forever. And we don't want to grant the government the authority to make those kinds of decisions to punish people just because they're outside of whatever is deemed orthodox at the time. And so I always try to explain to people, look, you know, put, put your pet ideology in the shoes of our clients if uh If you think atheists shouldn't be forced to express religious messages they don't want to express, then you know be concerned because if an atheist painter is approached by a church to paint a mural of Christ's resurrection for their sanctuary and says no. Under the ACLU's and these other groups that are suing clients like ours, under their theory, that atheist artist could be sued, and should, and, sh- and, the, and the and the church should win. They should be able to force that artist to create that mural, even though it it violates a you know key aspect of atheism. So look, we all benefit from this right, and even if we don't like the way some people exercise it, or really despise the views that the person wants to promote. The First Amendment says that's the price of living in a free society. And I think Christians really need to understand that we, yes, we live in a culture today that has really turned and turned quickly against things that we used to take for granted. The, we, we find ourselves maybe even in the minority on opposing same-sex marriage and thinking marriage should be a man, between a man and a woman. But we're in, when we're in that minority dissident position in culture, that's when the First Amendment protects us the most, because the First Amendment protects minority viewpoints from suppression. It protects the dissident, the conscientious objector, and and that's the principle that we ultimately have to to, to win on uh, to preserve freedom in this in this time and in, in this uh, moment in our cultural and historical uh, you know history as a nation. I'm,
0: I'm amused. For example, amused is the wrong word. I mean, I I, <laughs> I take note of the fact that a person can stand on the American flag or even burn it, and that is. Protect- protected under the First Amendment. That's beyond question. But try to display a Confederate flag and see what happens.
2: Right. Right. Or look at Colin Kaepernick. What if the government were to pass a law that says we don't want Colin Kaepernick or anybody like him opposing the, the national anthem and the flag at sporting events any longer? Because that sends a really demeaning and unwelcoming messaging message to veterans and police. I mean, would anybody before a law like that, would everybody say that is not something the government should be involved in, forcing people to be patriotic, even if they don't want to be. I, it's um, it's kind of amazing to me to watch the, you know, the, the not just the willingness, but the celebration of our opponents when clients like ours, like Baron Stutzman, a seventy plus florist in, in Washington, has their entire life, her business, her home, her home, her life savings, on the line, simply because she declined to create floral designs for a, a same-sex wedding of, of, of a longtime friend and customer. Is that really the tolerant, diverse, pluralistic society that we thought we lived in? It's not. That's, that's you know, government-imposed orthodoxy uh, on these kinds of issues, and it's something we ought to recoil at.
0: Well, if you've ever read uh, Jonah Goldberg's uh, liberal fascism, he makes a very strong argument that fascism is really- really a creature of the left, not the right. And I think we're seeing more and more evidence of that today.
2: We certainly see it right now in the cultural battles that we're in. You know, the left has won the the legal victory for same-sex marriage at the Supreme Court in that wasn't enough of course we had been saying that wouldn't be enough we had been warning people about the threat to religious liberty and now we see it playing out over and over again we have churches that are in court right now resisting non-discrimination laws that include gender identity because those laws are being the 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 commissions in in charge of those laws are saying that churches must comply with those and therefore have to open their their restrooms or shower or other kinds of single-sex facilities at their church to the opposite sex if somebody the opposite sex demands it and says my gender identity is different than my birth sex, so the left's agenda has no—it's—it's it's a this town isn't big enough for the two of us kind of agenda. It's a zero-sum game: comply or be silenced comply or be put out of business, comply or lose your tax-exempt status, I'm not happy to report that that's the nature of the battle that we find ourselves in. But the quicker we wake up to the fact that that's the nature of the battle, um, the more um, strategically and, um, you know, uh, we can we can respond and, and with a unified voice.
0: Well, I can see the argument if... Uh Let's take our, the case of our cake decorator. I can see the argument where if uh, somebody were to walk in and he were to say, no, you can't do anything in the shop because you're gay. That's one thing. But he was willing to sell anything that was in his shop. What the problem was is that they wanted his artistic talents. And, and there's a big difference, I think, between simply buying something retail and demanding a person to lend their professional and artistic talents to a
2: cause that they strongly disagree with on moral grounds. Yes, I mean that is the difference between, um, you know, discrimination and 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 and, uh, and selecting, you know, the way you're going to use your God-given talents and, and what you're going to use those talents to further what message, what event, what organization. It's interesting because. You were mentioning before the three cake artists in Denver who said no to doing a cake, expressing religious opposition to same-sex marriage. The reason the, the Civil Rights Commission, the same commission that's prosecuting Jack Phillips, found that those folks didn't engage in unlawful discrimination under the same law is what you just said. Well, they said they'd give them anything else in the shop produce anything else for him there was just they just didn't want to do this because they objected to the message well that's exactly the same thing for Jack Phillips he offered the day he said I'm sorry I can't do cakes celebrating same-sex marriage he told him I'll do anything else I'll say anything out of my cases or I'll, I'll create other things for you but this is just one thing I don't do and that that somehow was not sufficient for Jack Phillips to overcome the charge of discrimination yet these other bakeries get exonerated. And I would add, rightly so. I mean, we put out a press release when those other three bakeries were exonerated from the creed discrimination charges saying, yes, this is exactly right. Businesses have the right to decline these kinds of projects that put them in a position of violating their beliefs. Jack Phillips just needs to be put on a on a level playing field, but the commission and the courts so far have disagreed, and we think, of course, wrongly so. Well, the
0: Supreme Court is going into session, and uh, is this one of the cases that's going to be heard before
2: it? No, in fact, uh, Jack Phillips' case is still. Uh, pending before the court, we, we probably won't hear, uh, frankly, until the new year, 2017, probably in January, we'll fi- get a final decision from the court on whether they're going to hear that case. As far as Lori Smith's case is concerned, it's just got filed. We asked for an injunction, temporary injunction. The the briefing schedule and oral argument on that is still yet to be set, um, but we hope to get to a ruling pretty quickly in that case that will free up Lori to immediately enter the, the wedding industry and start creating the expression she wants to create provided she wins well provided she wins and if we lose that injunction you know our option is to go up to the appellate court and uh, present the arguments there
0: it's an interesting uh, situation all across the country I'm seeing case after case after case like this arise every every state here in Missouri we're running into a situation where that actually is before the US Supreme Court where a, a playground that was owned by that's owned by one of our Senate churches mm-hmm. Had applied for a grant to uh, use recycled tires to put rubber matting on their playground, and they made every they made every single uh, criteria that was required for it. They were one of the highest rated ones for it, and the state turned them down because it's owned by a church. Yeah,
2: that's ADF's case, and my colleague David Cortman's arguing it. Oral argument date hasn't been set yet, but yeah, that's a really critical religious liberty case as well. So, right, I, what you see is this overarching. Hostility across all sectors of society to religion. We're seeing an increasing hostility to religion, especially public professions and and uh, public exercise of tenets of the Christian religion. Especially, um, you know, that's contrary to our First Amendment traditions. It's contrary to the. One of the motivating reasons for the establishment of this great country was to flee religious persecution, and so um, you know we certainly think that ultimately religious freedom will win out, and um, and will restore the respect for religion and religious freedom that's been such a. A distinguishing characteristic of this country when you compare it to all other countries in the world. But we have to fight those battles and understand that um, it's it's not always going to be the easiest thing to secure the victories. I think you're right on that. And and one thing that has struck me, you alluded to, is
0: the absolute hostility and almost a gleeful joy that the other side is taking whenever they they win a case. I mean, there there is a almost a palpable hatred that I see in in many of these people.
2: Well there's no question that there's a lot of very, very terrible uh, hatred and disgust aimed at our clients. At the same time, there's a lot of civil people, although who oppose us, who, who who are still nonetheless pursuing the same goal, which is the removal of people of faith from the public square. You know, whether that be the economic, social, or political life of your community. There's certain views and opinions that the the secular left just doesn't want to be able to participate in our broader life as a nation any longer. And you know, the goal is to is to cabin those things and, and put them in the church on Sunday and in the four corners of your home. But of course, as Christians, we're called to live out our life and our faith in Christ and be a model of Christ in our lives in every aspect of our life and our vocations to our families at our church everywhere. And the grand um, commission, you know, make, right. So make it's, it's not an option for us to, to hide in, in, you know, hide in our churches and in our homes. And so, you know, this is just an inevitable and, and increasing conflict, but one that I think, you know Christians just need to to understand it's upon us it may require us to take difficult actions and make hard choices but look God will see us through these trials and these difficulties and and we have to understand too that we don't have it as bad as many of our Christian brothers and sisters across the world right now there's places where your life literally is on the line if you stand for Christ
0: Absolutely true Mr. Dasco I want to thank you very much for taking the time to discuss this issue with me today for taking this case, by the by. And God bless you, and God bless the ADF in your work. Thank you. I appreciate the time. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen.